Welcome to Speaking of Water. I'm Brett Walton, a reporter for Circle of Blue. Today we're discussing drinking water failures, like those that have happened recently in Flint, Michigan and Jackson, Mississippi, and how they contribute to distrust of government. I'm joined by Manny Teodoro, an associate professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He is the co-author of a new book that explores these topics. It's titled The Profits of Distrust, Citizen Consumers, Drinking Water, and the Crisis of Confidence in American Government. Manny, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brett. Good to be with you. This conversation in this book could not be more timely. Jackson, Mississippi recently experienced a catastrophic failure of its drinking water treatment plant. We had boil water advisories that affected thousands in Baltimore and Detroit this summer. And not only that, trust in American government is dismally low these days. You and your co-authors, Samantha Zulke and David Switzer, argue that the two outcomes, drinking water failures and government distrust, are connected. Can you guide us through the basics of the argument you make? Yeah, sure. No, the book is timely for all the wrong reasons. You, you never want a disaster like that to be what drives attention to the text. But yeah, we, we certainly feel like our book has a lot to say. Look, at one level, this book is about water. The case in Jackson certainly is. But at another level, it's about governance. You know, the, the disaster in Jackson and just like the disaster in Flint, were not fundamentally natural disasters or, or problems with a new contaminant that bursting upon the scene that we never heard of. It was a problem of governance and management. And we, we think these things are intrinsically linked. Look, water is the most intimate relationship between government and people. We're talking about a government produced or government regulated product that comes directly into our homes 24 hours a day. We cook with it. We bathe our children in it. We take it into our bodies. We're talking about a government service that you ingest. So that is the most intimate relationship that you can get between a government and its people. So to drink tap water is to trust government. To drink bottled water or its commercial alternatives is to show a sign that you distrust government because you're willing to pay tens to hundreds of times more for a commercial product that you believe is superior. So that's really what we're trying to play with here is the, we're not really focused so much on the quality of water as we are in the consumer behavior. What does that mean when someone's willing to pay so much more on a unit cost basis? And what does that say about their trust in government? So who distrusts government the most? Who is most distrustful of water in this case as a relationship to government? Yeah. And of course, those two things move in parallel. Trust in government is lower overall today than it was 20 years ago, but the trust in government has fallen particularly uh, high uh, quickly and, and strongly among a few groups in particular. And we, we see that with racial and ethnic minority groups. We see that with low-income people. And then, of course, where you have low-income and minority populations, that's where you see the highest bottled water consumption, kiosk water, commercial water consumption generally, and, and also uh, distrust in government. You know, I think there's a tendency for people to think bottled water is a luxury product because it's so expensive. But when you look at the data, you know, we're not the first ones to notice this. You see that bottled water consumption is inversely correlated with income. In other words, the higher your income, the more likely you are to drink tap water. The lower your income, the more likely you are to drink bottled water. And we think a lot of that has to do with trust. In the book, you go into the specifics of the vicious cycle and that these things are not necessarily linear, bad water, distrusting government, but they are reinforcing. How does that dynamic work? Yeah, that's right. So we think that there's this vicious cycle that sets in that begins with 
a failure in tap water or any basic service really, but our, our book's about tap water. So you've got a failure in tap water and it could be a, your own system that fails. It could be a neighboring system that fails. It could be a system across the country. It could be Flint, it could be Jackson. It's a failure that you see somewhere either directly or indirectly in another community. That's gonna reduce your trust in government because both the utility that's providing the service, but also the regulators who are supposed to be protecting us, that's gonna reduce your trust. That's going to cause an increased consumption of the commercial alternative water. So now people are gonna spend more, they're gonna buy bottles of Aquafina. Then in turn, and this is kind of the, the tricky linchpin of our whole argument, in turn, you're going to see reduced political participation because once people have decided that the government product is inferior and instead I'm gonna go with the commercial product, now people have less of an interest in what the government does. You know, if I'm, if I'm not drinking tap water anymore, then you know, maybe I don't care quite as much if the tap water is good. I've already decided to spend $100, $200 a month on the bottled water instead. So I'm going to reduce my political participation, less voting, not going to show up to meetings, not going to write letters to my elected officials, protests, any of the other kinds of things that we associate with civic life. That, in turn, is going to reduce the incentive that government has to perform well. So governments, you know, Governments aren't like businesses insofar as governments are not tuned to customers coming and going. You know, a water system's a natural monopoly. People are not going to stop paying their water bill. But what they are going to do is stop participating and signaling to the government that they want something different. Without that signal, there is less incentive for government to do better. And so as a result, it's going to do worse. And that's going to lead to more failures. And the vicious cycle starts all over again. Yeah, I think it's a pretty salient point that it's not just loss of revenue to utility when customers go to bottled water. It's that loss of public legitimacy and participation in the political process. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, that deprives utilities of something very important, which is the views of their citizens. One of the things that I, I tell folks in the water sector, a lot of people have woken up to the need for better communication with their customers. And so they're trying to do a better job of listening, trying to do a better job of connecting with their customers. And I tell them one of the hardest things about this is that the people who you need to reach the most will never contact you. The people who distrust you are never going to contact you and tell you that things are bad because they don't trust you. You know, if I believe that the government is fundamentally incompetent or fundamentally evil because they dislike me, if they discriminate against me and my kind, it would be insane for me to try to contact the government and complain and try to get them to change their behavior. So one of the deep and fundamental challenges we have in the water sector is reaching and connecting with the people who already distrust us. You're hinting at some of those solutions to the can we fix this question, and we'll get to that a bit later in the interview, but I want to go a bit more into some of the, the findings in your survey data. I want to read a passage here from the book that I thought was particularly interesting. And this relates to tap water regulation and tap water as is experienced by people who drink it. And so regulations in the government are geared towards contaminants that can make you sick and not right. towards aesthetic things like taste and appearance. Right. And so you say in the book here, uh, based on survey data, people whose tap water tastes bad, Republicans and Democrats alike, have similarly low trust in local government. Put another way, when it comes to trust in local government, bad tasting tap water seemingly makes Democrats think about government as if they were Republicans. What are the implications of that for how we 
regulate and handle drinking water in this country. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, Brett. In case anyone in your listenership doesn't know, Republicans on average trust government less than Democrats, and the difference is pretty big. But we see this huge impact of bad taste, so those effects, taste, smell, appearance. And we actually see that in lots of parts of the book, where people who aren't happy with the aesthetics of their water behave differently. Look, I think the implications are clear. We need to take aesthetics seriously. You know, if you look at the Safe Drinking Water Act, there are what we call primary standards, and those are the contaminants that are associated with human health risks. I mean, those are the things that where there's, there's a standard, your, your drinking water is not supposed to have any more than a set uh, level of that contaminant in order to protect our health. There's these other things called secondary standards that are not related to health, but related to taste, odor, and appearance. And I think there's a lot of folks in the water sector just don't take those very seriously. I mean, maybe we measure them, maybe we look at them, but the idea is, well, we got to meet the health concerns. We're not really worried about the aesthetics. That's just aesthetics. Well, I think the implication here is pretty big. Humans are tuned to pay attention to our noses and pay attention to our taste buds. That's how we evolved. Our caveman ancestors ate things that they thought tasted good and smelled good, and they distrusted things that smelled bad and and tasted bad. At some level, it doesn't matter if your water is meeting all the primary Safe Drinking Water Act standards. If it tastes funny, if it looks cloudy, if it smells weird, people are going to believe that there's something wrong with it. And all of the distrust that follows from that poor taste or odor or appearance are, are going to follow, even if we're meeting all the health standards. So I think this is a call to take the standards more seriously, take those secondary standards more seriously, take the idea that the aesthetic qualities really matter to our customers. Even if they don't matter to regulators, they sure matter to our customers. As part of this distrust cycle, uh, I want to bring in the financial aspect of it because it's in the title of your book, Profits of Distrust. That's not profits as people who are seers. It's profits, people who are making money. Right. And when people exit the tap water arena, they go somewhere else. And you point out that people go to bottled water or to kiosk water, which are those things in grocery store parking lots where you fill up a jug. Uh, And this is a lot of money we're talking about. Uh, You mentioned a figure in the book about bottled water sales in the U.S. in 2020 being 36 billion for that year. Is this distrust exploited by people who are looking to profit off of bad water and mistrust? Yeah, no question about it. Look, that is the growth model for the commercial water industry. They know that their chief competitor is not other commercial water companies. Their chief competitor is the tap. It's what's flowing from the tap. And I want to put that $36 billion in some context here because people aren't used to thinking about billion-dollar purchases. So let, let me give you a little context. Mm-hmm. You know, Congress just passed last year the bipartisan infrastructure law. They gave $55 billion for drinking water, the single biggest investment the federal government's ever made in drinking water. A lot of folks celebrating that, and it is a lot of money. I don't want to downplay that. But it's $55 billion over five years, which works out to $11 billion a year. Well, Americans are going to spend more than three, close to four times that much money on bottled water every single year. It's very clear Americans are willing to pay for drinking water. What they are not willing to pay, evidently, is higher tap water rates, or at least that's how their politicians perceive it. And that growth model then for the commercial industry is to tell people, yes, your tap water is suspect. It might be bad. You know, in the book, we go through this in detail. The bottled water industry is quite explicit about it. If you get into their own uh, documentation, they will tell you, they will 
say right out loud to their investors, this is our growth market. It's distrust of municipal tap water. Uh, and, and they go to quite elaborate lengths to convince people that tap water is bad. And particularly troubling to me is a very cynical kind of campaign to target racial and ethnic minority groups with advertising for commercial water, trying to convince the black and brown population that their tap water is not trustworthy and therefore they should buy a more expensive alternative. And so we're clear, these are the communities that already have low trust because of endemic problems, persistent problems of drinking water quality in their areas, right? Yeah, that's right. And we want to link that to a broader history of institutional uh, marginalization. So So the people who are most susceptible to distrust or most likely to distrust are people who are already sort of politically alienated. You know, I am accustomed to the government treating me and my people badly. And so when a drinking water disaster happens in Flint, in Jackson, anywhere else, it might not even be my town. When a drinking water disaster happens anywhere, it just makes me think, well, see, there you go. You cannot trust the government. They'll always do that. They're always going to pick on people who are like me. They're going to neglect people who are like me. And so I uh, become very open to marketing messages that tell me, hey, you know, you can defend yourself against this government-sponsored poison by drinking this commercial product instead, uh, which ironically, less regulated, possibly just as contaminated or more, and, uh, and 100 to 200 times more expensive. And that comes back around to the big question of, can this be fixed? How do we turn that vicious cycle, uh, the self-reinforcing negative aspect of distrust and exit from tap water to something that is virtuous and reinforces a public good and embrace of a public good? This is the big question that utilities are asking themselves. And I've seen it out in the field reporting uh, people who have had bad water say they're never going to drink their tap water again. So if you're a utility and you're confronting this problem of, you know, how do you get your customers back into the fold? Yeah, it's hard, right? It, it's very hard. And I want to be very clear. Uh, the book is, oh, and this conversation to this point has been, been kind of pessimistic, but ultimately we think this is an optimistic story. We, we want to leave our readers on, on sort of an optimistic note. We think you can reverse this vicious cycle and turn it virtuous because it's happened before. Governments always, at all times, build their legitimacy through delivery of basic services, providing for their people's basic needs. We want to argue that water is about as basic as you get. And and we trace this out. Like, look, the first thing that governments have to do is ensure excellent tap water, whether that is effective um, administration of a utility or it's regulation. Uh, Regulators have to be doing their jobs well. But we, we think the cycle can be virtuous. Look, If people get consistently excellent tap water service, that's going to build or reinforce trust in utilities, trust in the regulatory regime. That's going to reduce their reliance on the expensive alternative because people are going to realize, gosh, I can pay a penny a gallon at my tap or I can pay $2 a gallon for a bottle at the supermarket. I'm going to make the rational decision there. That then is going to increase my personal health investment in my community and my faith in the system is going to cause me to increase my political participation. That political participation is going to send signals to government officials that, hey, the people care a lot about tap water. We need to pay attention and invest sufficiently. And that's going to feed back positively into better tap water performance. And again, this thing can spiral in a positive way. We saw that happen in America. Um, 100, 120, 130 years ago, when the United States leapt ahead of other countries in the world 
by providing uh, potable water service and sewer systems to their cities uh, far ahead of European or Asian cities. And in so doing, built a lot of faith in those institutions of democracy when this country was younger. So this thing can happen, but let's not fool ourselves. When you have a disaster like Jackson, you've lost a generation of people. It is gonna take a long time for the people of Jackson, Mississippi to trust their tap water, and rightly so, because this is not a single one-time disaster. Uh, I'm sure you know, because you're a close observer of the water sector, Brett, but the Jackson water crisis we're observing now is simply the latest and most severe manifestation of a problem that goes back 40 years. And so the, the folks of Jackson have been living with that for 40 years. Folks across the country have been living with substandard tap water service for many, many years. It's a generational failure. And let's not kid ourselves. It's going to take years. It might take a generation or more to rebuild that faith. That's the bad news. But the good news is that you can do it. And these systems are built to serve for generations. A tap water system is not something that, that you, you build and use for five years and it's done. No, these things are supposed to last decades up to centuries. So we have time and the best time to invest in the quality of the systems is always right now. Yeah, maintaining anything of value is a constant struggle. So we see that in government, we see that in our personal lives, we see that in water systems. Absolutely. Uh, so great book. Thanks for stopping by, Manny. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure, Brett. Thanks for having me on. I've been speaking with Manny Teodoro, co-author of Profits of Distrust, which was published in the U.S. last month. For Circle of Blue, I'm Brett Walton.